This episode of Spoon Tunes was brought to you by Liquor Express, your Tempe party headquarters. They're located at 1605 East Apache Boulevard, just one block from the former Pink Panther Mecca. They offer a massive selection of spirits and wines, and they have one of the largest craft beer selections here in the valley. Too lazy to visit them in store? They deliver right to your door. Come on, check them out. Liquor Express. This episode of Spoon Tunes was brought to you by Toro Luna Watches. Toro Luna is an e-commerce watch brand that sells clean watches at cleaner prices. Their minimalist designs complement any attire with a hint of elegance and professionalism for both leisure and work. Check them out at the website at www.toroluna.com. That's T-O-R-O-L-U-N-A.com. Be sure to use the code SPOON at checkout for 25% off your entire order. Also, check him out on Instagram at Toro Luna Watches. Thanks. What's up, beautiful people? This is Carson Spoon Guy Durkash, back with another episode of Spoon Tunes. This week features Nick Rossi, lead guitarist of In Motive. If you're not familiar, In Motive is a progressive hard rock band who recently signed to the Los Angeles-based label Sumerian. If you've ever grew up listening to hard rock music or you're into the metal music scene, there's no doubt you've heard of Sumerian Records. Nick has been a longtime friend of mine, and it was awesome to sit down with him and talk about the band's upcoming work, as well as some of their newest releases. The remaining members of the band include Lee McKinney on guitar, formerly with Born of Osiris, Connor White on drums, and recently added Devin Barris on vocals. This exclusive interview will discuss the beginning stages of the band, their musical influences, as well as a breakdown of their two singles, Revival and The Disconnect. Sit back, relax, and enjoy. What's up guys, this is Nick from InMotive, 23 from Scottsdale, Arizona. I play guitar and do some songwriting in the band. Good deal, man. Good deal. So yeah. how did you guys, I'll kind of start with you first and then focus on the band as a whole. Perfect. But yeah. um, for you it's yourself, you know, how did you first pick up the guitar? What kind of made you want to start playing? Yeah, so uh, when I was maybe seven or eight, uh, my dad worked for Fender. So I just grew up with instruments in the house and my grandparents met and married at Juilliard. So I was just in the family. One day I was just bored and I was like, hey dad, I want to play drums. And he's like, alright, well, let's wait on that. <laughs> but if you want, in the meantime, there's, a, there's guitars around the house, pick that up and give it a shot. So I picked it up and uh, it just kind of happened. Man. It just fell and I just really started loving it. I found that it was something that was challenging. But uh, yeah, rewarding, you know, that's kind of hard to find as a young kid. So it felt really good to have something to pursue at such a young age. And here I am, uh, I guess 15 years later, and I still feel the exact same way about it, if not grown to love it even more so yeah that's awesome man i'm obviously sure that your dad's job and i'm sure his influence of playing guitar obviously affected you absolutely yeah he played in bands uh throughout the 80s and obviously the pictures and all that and he raised me on the good let's up on acdc all the good rock and roll and all that oh yeah so uh that was a cool upbringing and um then there was like the more technical academic side uh, my mom actually classical pianist as well and uh so I kind of got some more theory and the more mathematical side of music from that. But then, you know, my dad gave, showed me the, the edge of rock and roll and all mm -hmm. that. Wow, so I mean, your whole background, your whole family background is, is music-based, I mean, so. Exactly, that's yeah. awesome. It's super cool, because uh, when I look back on it, that didn't really occur to me until later. I guess uh, only when I was a couple years into it, I started thinking, I was like, oh yeah, I guess this, I guess this was inevitable. 
Because uh, here's the rest of my family doing it, and now here I am doing it. So it's totally, cool. yeah, totally, very cool, man, very cool. <laughs> and so for you personally, then obviously you mentioned like a couple artists earlier, but what what sort of artists would you say really attributed to kind of you, you know, early on? What kind of influenced your style when you first started songwriting and, and whatnot? Yeah, um, so early on, it was uh, it was definitely some heavier stuff. I remember like bands like Linkin Park and Avenged Sevenfold, and um, Let's think who else? Lamb of God. Oh yes. Yeah, those classic, those great metal bands. And when you're just young, it just makes such an impression on you. And it was just so cool. Some of the way those guys like incorporated riffs and just song structuring and all that kind of stuff <coughs> just really resonated with me. And I, so I wanted to just see what I could do from my own mind, kind of playing off some of their ideas and whatnot. Mm -hmm. And uh, maybe when I was, I want to say, like twelve or thirteen, I had a little. Roland, I don't know, they call it the T800 or something, it was an 8-track recorder. Okay, yeah. Nothing to do with the computer or anything, you just plug your guitar and it's got some crappy sounding program drums, <laughs> you can just, I just figured that thing out, I mean, I just went, you know, in and out of it and just did everything I possibly could. Ended up getting, I forgot, Pro Tools and a laptop when I was like 14, and then that just changed everything, and then I started really figuring out uh, how to arrange songs and write and record and kind of two different things at the same time, learning how to record and get things to sound good, but then also what is it that you're going to record? That's where the writing comes in, so mm -hmm. it's kind of two skills in parallel as I started getting older, which is cool. Gotcha. Yeah. I feel like nowadays too, you know, there's a lot of ways to make music, but it's still very hard to kind of construct a full song, you know what I mean? Absolutely, I mean, yeah. There's like obviously all these different technologies, whether it be like instruments or like via your computer and stuff, but like, oh totally. man, I just, I, I think, again, it's just... A lot of people don't realize how much kind of effort and and, and planning and, and testing it takes to really produce a, a quality song. Absolutely, so. yeah. You gotta you gotta you know have attention to detail, but you also gotta be able to look at the full scope, which is which is important. Being able to uh, know what you want for the full song and then being able to dive into that and make each part as effective as possible. Totally, yeah. totally. Cool, man. Well, let's kind of transition a little more into in motive as a whole, and so. First off, where does kind of the name come from and, and maybe do a little background on how you guys kind of came together? Totally. So InMotive is an extremely exciting thing and a uh, very special thing for all of us. So the band prior to that uh, was a band called City in the Sea, and uh, that was my high school band that came together in uh, Desert Mountain High School, classic place. DMHS. <laughs> yeah, there it is. <laughs> that came together there. It was just high school friends just wanted to play heavy metal because that was what was that was what was so exciting at the time and it was influencing us all. And uh, I remember getting hearing that Sumerian Records wanted to sign the band in first period Spanish in junior year. So that was a trip. And uh, next thing we know, uh, that kind of exploded into wow, we can do this for real. So. Uh, I don't want to go too deep into the detail, but the band kind of just, you know, did its thing. We had a couple of years of, you know, great tours and all that, but uh, we were just young and we were just kids and it just, you know, Destiny just didn't have it planned out to be that that was the thing. Sure. So uh, in 2013, one of our best tours we did in the Mayhem Festival mm -hmm. and that had uh, bands like uh, Rob Zombie and Job for a Cowboy and uh, Mastodon, it was a big tour, but one of the other bands on that was Born of Osiris, and uh, they were like a Sumerian, uh, Sumerian flagship band, if you will, they were there when they started. We became close, me and Lee, Lee McKinney, the guitar player, became close, because he just, something about him was just a good guy. We started talking and we started hanging out. And then I was just like, okay, cool, nice, it's awesome to be friends with these guys. 
Fast forward a couple of years, city and the sea is broken up. It's all good, everything's amicable between everyone, but uh, it's just no more. Yeah, sure. I'm looking for the next thing, I'm wondering what's going on, and I've been writing a lot of music at this point, and I've been changing the way I've been writing music because after City and the Sea was over, that was like an outlet for metal, and it started to feel like, well, why am I writing metal when that kind of just, it just felt like it, it just didn't feel honest anymore, I guess is a way to put it. Okay. And so I was just like, well, I'm just going to write some music that speaks to me, and, you know, that music that feels true to my heart, I guess, and that just was more chilled out, just kind of almost going back to my roots, more rock-oriented, and yeah. uh Kind of some of the influence you had growing up more Exactly, so. yeah. Just like it was almost like I went on this I hopped on this train, uh, when when, you know, metalcore and everything seemed to be so popular and so like the thing to do and I love it. I I'm not talking bad on it by any means, but then you kinda of realize like, oh there's so much more out there. There's so many more there's so many more flavors and tastes and so many more emotions to be felt through music. So I just came full circle with that and then one day I got a text from Lee and he's like, Hey dude, what's the uh What's with all the music you're writing? I'm like, oh man, I don't know. I just write music because I love to do it and I like to share it with the world. And unfortunately, right now, my only outlet for that is social media clips like Instagram, Twitter, whatever. Mm -hmm. He's like, dude, it's, it's, it sounds like a you know, thing I would want to do for, um, for like a rock band. And I was like, I don't know what that means. Like, yeah. you're, what do you mean? You're in this band. I'm like, okay. And uh, then he was just like, no, dude, like, you know, I'm, I'm trying to. I'm trying to have another outlet, and I'm trying to write music like this, like, kind of saying some of the same things that I was feeling, like, you know, metal's great, I love it, but, like, you know, I kind of want to just try something new. Like expansion, basically. Yeah, exactly, and I kind of said to him, I was like, okay, cool, man, well, I'm all about that, but uh, I don't want to get myself in a position where I'm putting my music that I've worked so long and hard on into something that's, like, you know, a side project for someone else, like, I need to know that this, my music is, like, an investment in my musical career. Totally. And he was like, well, no, dude, like, this is the real deal. And I don't know, we, he just, I just always knew he was a good, good person, with, like an honest heart. So good. I was like, we can, I was like, we can do this. So we started writing and recording demos. And then Connor, Connor White, my best friend since second grade, he played drums in City and Sea. And we had also, our friendship had kind of been wavering in and out. Just, we were just like, we had always said, I want you to play music together, we need to play music together. And finally, I was just like, dude, you want to be a part of this, man? It's going to be dope. That's <laughs> basically what it was. And he was like, yeah, I do. Boom. He was on board. And we're like, well, we need a singer. That's the huge deal. So we were just like, okay, well, fuck it. Let's just go to, let's just go to our producer, Nick Sampson, who produced both Born of Osiris' last couple of records and the City and the Sea record out in Michigan. Let's go there and just record all the music we have so that, like, we're not just stuck in demo world. We have pro recordings and we can get vocals on them and when that time comes. So we went out to Michigan, we all met up, it was like a bonding experience. We did the whole, 12, we did 12 songs, we recorded, yeah, 12 songs it was. Uh, just drums, guitars, production, and bass, so instrumentals. Cool. And uh, we had those done, we were super excited about it, but then we were like, well, this just goes nowhere until we have a singer. So we literally spent like four or five months just searching the internet, trying to find someone, asking people, you know, it's hard when you're just messaging people over Facebook and whatnot, just saying, like, I have this band, and they're like, I don't, what do you, like, okay? Yeah, it's a tough outlet yeah. to kind of reach people through. Exactly. So then finally, you know, Sumerian had been aware that all this was going on. We communicated with them because they had born and they had city, and so they knew us, and we were kind of letting them know that this was going to all happen. And it had always been known that we were going to be like a Sumerian band. They were mm -hmm. our home, kind of. We were like, we don't know what to do for a singer. What do you guys think if we put out an instrumental track and put an open audition out to the world? 
And we didn't tell anyone who was in the band, so there was no, like, prejudgment of, like, you know, it sounds like this, so it's this guy, I've, I've heard this. It was just, like, all you could base it off of was, was, do you like the music, and can you sing a song over this? Can you write lyrics and a melody? So we did that, and Halloween of last year, we put out an instrumental track through Sumerian's uh, YouTube channel, and we had this incredible response where, like, 700 people from around the world auditioned. 700 people wrote their own version of our song to this instrumental mix. And we just found this kid, his name is Devin from Utah, and um, he just did it so well. It was like the first 30 seconds of the audition, it was just like right there. We just, it, yeah, yeah, we were just like immediately just knew. It just sounded like the song was like already, it was just right. Like, wow. it, was like it was just like, there's the song. Like, holy shit, we've been waiting for this. <laughs> How cool is that? And like, you know, I don't, you, there's a. There's something about a singer where like you're like, well, yeah, I mean, you gotta have a look, you gotta have the attitude, like you, the voice is the thing, but Crucial, you also yeah. you also gotta have the whole thing. And he had it all, man. He just looked like a chill guy. We just had this feeling that it would work, so we just hit him up. We were just like, yo, you know, we think you're great. Can you can you come meet us? And we flew him down to Arizona, and Born of Osiris was here on a tour in Arizona. We coordinated it all. We all four finally got in the same room together. And we're just like, let's do this, and. That put the whole band into play, which is super cool. And the name comes from all our past experiences. In motive, like what is it? motive is to have a purpose to do something. It's a purpose to be moving forward. It's just a reason to to live and to go on. And uh, we all kind of felt like we had lost that a little bit in our past endeavors. Like, you know, just with City and Sea kind of not working out. Devin was kind of just doing his thing in the local Utah scene, you know, just looking for an outlet. Lee kind of just had been doing more of Osiris for so long and looking for a fresh outlet. So we all just felt motivated and refreshed again, and the name just kind of found the place that way. And uh, We all kind of said that it's cool to have a band name that like resonates so true with the sound, because a lot of times it's just something that sounds badass, which is cool, but yeah. it's even cooler to have it really just sync together. And uh, that came together, and we ended up going to Bakersfield, California, we picked six of the tracks that uh, Devin had kind of demoed over, and we said, let's get vocals over these and have full-blown, finished, in-motive songs. So we did six songs out in Bakersfield with uh, Jonathan Davis from Korn. Oh, wow. Yeah. How was that experience? <laughs> that was unbelievable. He uh, was the coolest guy, and he lit, had a studio in like an old abandoned movie theater. Wow. That's so, a, so it was pretty massive then. Oh my god, yeah, it was like, it was like a, imagine like a musician's bat cave. Yeah. Yeah, so, yeah, so we hung out there and he helped us produce our tracks and we kind of got to know him and he just gave some advice and insight and just fucking awesome. And then here we are, with the two songs out and uh, we're ready for, got even more coming so it's going to be tight. Awesome, man. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Well, with that, we'll just kind of break this off into a quick break and then like I said, we'll get come back. <clears throat> excuse me, with a uh, little breakdown of their two singles, and uh, hopefully hear some of the uh, influence behind it.
that was the single Revival from In Motive. And uh, Nick, how about you just kind of give the listeners a little maybe background or some of the influences behind this track? Yeah, so uh, Revival is a really cool song. Um, it was uh, super exciting when the vocals started to come over it. But um, before I knew that, way back in the day, it was actually an old City in the Sea demo. It was just like a couple riffs, I guess. Oh, shit. <laughs> and uh, it was something that was actually just way in the uh, way in the cellar, if you will. <laughs> it's not really anything that I was even thinking about anymore. Like, this is dope, we gotta use this. Uh, kind of just like one day I was working on something and I just had this thing and I was like, fuck, I feel like I have something that'll work for this. And so I went back and pulled it apart, sort of to rework it. And then I was like, oh shit, this is gonna work out great. And uh, got that whole arrangement kind of together instrumentally. It was cool because the the uh, demo title since day one has been Revival, even when it was uh, a City in the Sea demo. Wow, It was that's called cool. like Revived and then it just became Revival when I revived it again. Uh -huh. <laughs> but, uh, so that was the cool thing about that is like when Devin got a hold of the song, he didn't just take that as like, oh, that's a demo title. He took the word revival and based the whole song's lyrics around that. So um, he talks about like the chorus line is like, come back, regain what you had lost once before. Uh, and that's just like pretty powerful for all of us. Cause like I was saying with the name and everything, we kind of like all felt like we had sort of like, you know, lost our way musically. Like nothing terrible. Just like, what are, like, just like, fuck man, I'm just looking for that solid outlet right now. Like, yeah, like almost in like kind of a little bit of a music funk, you know? Yeah, just yeah. Find your buddy. Exactly. Yeah. Like totally. we're just like, you know, just, everyone was just looking for this fresh thing, I guess. And so the song like really speaks true to that. And like one of the things that we're super into is like leaving, we, we believe that like, you don't want to give the audience everything. We, we want to give the audience like 75%. And then what I mean by that is like, we want them to take our message from the lyrics and whatnot and have to fill in some of those like more ambiguous lyrics and pieces with their own experience and their own mind so that they can grasp onto it for themselves rather than being like, hey, this, this song is, you know, about this or this song is about this. Like, it's more just supposed to be like, just, just let that soak in and like, hold on to that the way that you feel is important to you. And uh, that was a good first, that was part of the reason why that was the first, uh, that was like the lead single that we put out. And uh, we shot up our first music video for that song. And uh, it's got a lot of like spacey, cool elements. I did a lot of cool production on that song. It's a lot of fun. Um, I think people, I think it's a good like fresh mix of like rock and electronic. There's like a lot of that these days, but it's an upbeat, fun track, and uh, I really stuck to play that one live. Yeah. Nice, man. Awesome. Awesome. Well, cool. We'll uh, let you guys hear the next single, The Disconnect. from In Motive, and uh, Nick, how would you kind of give us a little breakdown of that? Yeah, so The Disconnect, uh, that's got, all these songs have stories, which is cool, but uh, The Disconnect is an exciting track because um, that was the first song that ever came together through me and Lee, 
when the band was first ever being talked about. So when the, we were simply shooting around the idea of working on a project together, he said, well, here's the ideas that I have. And it was two pieces of the song, the disconnect at the time. And uh, he said those to me and he was like, they're two separate ideas. And I was like, well, I think we can make these work together. So I actually ended up kind of, if, you know, one was on the left and one was on the right, I put something before it in the middle and after it to just bring it into a whole song. And that was exciting because we were first for the first time like realized we were like, oh shit, we like work well together. This is cool. Like we started sending a version back and forth. And then um, based, on, based on that kind of, you know, original collaborative effort, we thought that it was appropriate that that would be the song that we put out for people to audition over because it felt like the most collective effort we had put together so far. And um, so that was the song that uh, people auditioned over when they were, when the band wasn't even announced yet. And um, that is our most, you know, recognizable track right now because it's been, you know, portrayed in so many different versions. There was the like instrumental version, and then we uh, put out like the official version, mm -hmm. and then there's all these other people's versions of it online now, like oh, all these cool. different, which is cool. So right now, like the band is kind of working on stepping out of like being the audition band and becoming like emotive if that sure. makes sense. Yeah, totally. So that's a cool that's a cool song and we're super stoked to play it live. Cool yeah. man. Yeah. Cool. Kinda of wrap it up with the last couple of questions here, but uh, what uh, you know, why should people care about emotive? <clears throat> um it's a good question. <laughs> um well I just feel like that there's so much music out there these days that maybe lacks like that raw human integrity and just like emotion through it and um you know i just i feel like in motive has a lot to offer like that's just honest and pure like we're all just we're all positive good-hearted people in the band and like our ultimate mission is just to make music that uplifts people and makes them feel like they can conquer their day whether that's they're already having a great one or they're having a shitty one like we just want to help them through that and um you know we have a lot of fresh sounds on the way we have more songs coming out we work really hard to be involved in every aspect of our band, from the image to the music to who we're working with and who's part of our team. You know, I just feel like in a world with so much crazy shit going on, like we can just be a source of good forward moving progression and people can latch onto that and hop on with us. Totally. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. I mean, emphasis on the crazy world right now. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, geez, <laughs> good man. deal, man. Yeah. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah. Well, um, kind of tying in for the, the podcast, if you had to eat one cereal for the rest of your life, what would it be? Um, shit. Well, I love O's. Those are so Ooh, fucking good. Okay. But uh, if I only ate it for the rest of my life, I think my entire mouth would be cut open. <laughs> they slice your mouth open. Totally. So I would maybe have to go with a French Toast Crunch. Oh, like okay. Yeah. Very yeah. nice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Very nice. Good deal. Not good for my teeth, but... If I had to make that choice. Yeah, hey. Straight up, man. <laughs> yep. Straight up. Oh, yeah. Cool. Well, hey, thanks so much for coming by, man. It's obviously, you know, been cool to watch you grow musically just from knowing you. And, Absolutely. Uh, obviously wishing you and, and Motive nothing but the best. Thanks, but, man. Thanks uh, so much for having me, dude. Without a doubt, man. Without a doubt. How about you go ahead now and just let the listeners know where they can kind of find your music via YouTube, Spotify, or... Yeah, so uh, everything in Motive related on YouTube is going to be uploaded on the Sumerian Records channel. You can just type in in Motive and everything should pop up in the search bar there. Um, all our uh, Twitter and Instagram handles are at InMotive Music, so just the band name and then music at the end. Um, you can find us on Spotify, Apple Music, Google Play, Amazon Music, all that great stuff. 
uh, iTunes as well. So if you guys have a chance, check out a track, check out a music video online, uh, pick it up wherever you can, and I really appreciate it. Awesome, awesome. Well, we'll end it on that, guys. Thanks so much for tuning in, and uh, we'll see you next time.